What's going on, everybody? It's Jeremy, and I am back with episode number 20 of How to Survive in a Family Business Without Losing Your Mind, the podcast where I talk to other people like myself that have experience working in a family business of some kind. Today is November 9th, 2020, and since this is going to be the last episode of the podcast before I become a dad, I thought it would be a good time to interview my own dad, Jerry Rosenblatt. Jerry grew up in New Jersey and moved out to California when he was 24 and got a job at Zales Jewelers as a management trainee and worked his way up through the ranks, eventually becoming district manager. He ended up spending over 30 years in the jewelry business, working at Merksimer Jewelers, Barry's Jewelers, and Proctor's Jewelers, managing up to 150 people as district and general manager. I've heard the story and I've told it on the podcast as well as had my mom tell her version of how they ended up opening up Crown Trophy, but I thought it'd be interesting to hear my dad tell how he went from being in the jewelry business to in the trophy business. So, without further ado, here is the interview with my dad, Jerry Rosenblatt. So I'm here with my dad, Jerry Rosenblatt. How are you doing today? I'm doing great today, Jeremy. Before we go into work and business, Stacy and I are expecting a child soon, and you are going to be a grandfather. I think that everybody that knows you guys knows that Mom, Carol, is quite excited. Your mother is floating around the house. Yeah. Her feet don't touch the floor anymore. She's so elated. And I'm very happy and very excited, yeah. but it doesn't come close to the excitement that your mother feels. Sure. So you used to work with Mom. At, in the jewelry business, and that was before you were dating. And then, did you guys ever? Did you guys work together after you started dating? What happened was Carol lived in San Bruno. I lived in San Mateo. I think I was working in Foster City at the Zell store there. Mom was working in San Bruno at the Zell store, and one of her friends, one of our friends actually, their one-year-old had a birthday party, and the friend called me and said, "Why don't you ride over with?" Carolise. So she called her Carolise. Carolise Evans. Carolise. Hmm. I said, well, why? <laughs> and she said, because she's going to go and you're going to go and you're both from that side of the bay. And so I said, okay. So so we did. We went over to this one-year-old birthday party, which I was a big fan of. When the party was over, we actually stopped for a drink on the way home. That's when we started the day. So I was working in one store and she was in another. Did you ever actually work together after you started dating? After we started dating, no. Okay. I was going to ask you about that, how that was, working with your girlfriend. Well, working in the same store would be difficult, I'm sure. You don't even have the view of America. Right. Right. The hardest thing that I remember was, because I was her supervisor, is she would come to me sometimes and tell me about things that she perceived were happening in her store, but didn't want me to fix it. In other words, you're my husband, you're my boyfriend. And I want to talk to you about a problem having to work, but I don't want you to get involved. In the meantime, I'm the supervisor. I'm the district supervisor. Sure. And if you ever say somebody's doing this or somebody's doing that, and you're telling me you don't want me to get involved, and don't when tell I me. Find, yeah. And just don't <laughs> tell me because if I hear about something that's not right, I have to get involved. Right. So I've told this story before on the podcast, and Mom kind of told her version of it. So what's your version of how? You went from the jewelry business to opening up Crown Trophy. 
Well, your mother and I had actually spoken about us opening our own store, and the original plan was to open up Jerry's Jewelers. That was the plan. But, but knowing your mother as I do, I know that if I had opened up Jerry's Jewelers, she would want to work there. And besides the fact that her paycheck would then go to depleting my inventory, <laughs> I also knew that the jewelry business has a reputation of getting robbed. Some of the robberies aren't real pretty. I mean, people get hurt. And if anything would have ever happened to your mother because of my business, I would have difficulty living with myself. So I said, okay, well, if we're not going to open up a jewelry store, what's it going to be? And once she was talking about franchises and coffee shops and stuff like that. Mm. I said, I don't want to go into the food industry at all. There's too many other factors to deal with. Like what? Well, things like Board of Health, things like spoilage, refrigeration, power goes down, stuff gets spoiled, can't serve it. There's a lot of issues. Food industry is a difficult industry. Sure. So I just figured I would prefer to go a different direction. She happened across this this franchise called Crown Trophy, which was the only one of its kind uh, as far as trophy franchises went. So that in mind, we flew out to New York. We met with the owner. His name is Chuck. Real nice guy. Shoots from the hip. I say he's a real nice guy, but either he likes you or he doesn't. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like you. But luckily for us, he did like us both, and it was a good fit for us. You know, the hardest part is, of course, every month writing out that check to pay your franchise fee. But, mm-hmm. but it's like that big brother kind of thing where if you have a, we had somebody come in the store at one point asking about a, a miniaturized Heisman trophy. I would have had no idea where to begin looking for it. Sure. But they advised us on which vendors to go to, which ones not to go to, because there would be issues yeah. if we did. So although we spend the money every month and it still hurts, it still makes sense. How is, from your either experience or your just your knowledge of, how does Crown Trophy differ from other franchises? Well, I haven't been involved with many other franchises, to be honest. But from what I've read and from what I've heard, Crown has always been more of a hands-on. They're always there with any kind of questions we've got, whether it's vendor-related, customer-related, or just a question, how to do something, how to build something where to get something, how to react to a piece of email that we don't know what to do with. Yeah. They've always been there for us. The people are very congenial. They're very amiable. They're there to help us. And we've never had a complaint about the service or the response time we've had with Crown. So I've only got good things to say. I mean, you know, to this day, we've talked about the possibility of venturing out, but I don't see any purpose to it. What is your least favorite thing about working with, well, me, your wife, with your family, with Josh and Christina worked here at, at different points and different capacities. Josh still comes in every so often. What's your least favorite part of all that, of working with us, with your kids and your, your wife, and even your, your in-laws? Mm-hmm. My least favorite part would have had to have been in the past. It's when my beloved children <laughs> would talk to me like their dad, not their boss. Mm-hmm. In other words, I'm there as the store owner, as the CEO, if you will, of a company. And I say, do this, whatever it may be. And they roll their eyes at me. And my thought was, <laughs> if I was your boss and you rolled your eyes at me, 
I'd throw you out. But these are my kids, so I can't do that. But I feel the it would bother me. I would I would feel animosity towards them at that moment with the way they were reacting to me. Having said that, that has not been something that's been apparent for years. Right. That's been the hardest part. That was the hardest part. Once I realized that, once again, getting back to having Carol here as well, and it's funny, you know, I I managed up to 150 people in my career, but apparently um, I talked with my wife who explains to me how I apparently did it all wrong. I came to work at Ground Trophy with my wife and found out that there was a whole different way to do things. I've learned to swallow a lot of that five-letter word I call pride. You swallow <laughs> some of that, and you step back, and you say, it's not that big a deal. The same thing with working with you guys. It's been very gratifying more than it's been down for me. When when I had Sienna on here, she said something that you said similarly because she works with her dad. He goes, he used to be the, the vice president of hundreds of people, and when I tell people what to do, they just do it. And then when I started working with my kids, or in your case, your wife and your kids, all of a sudden I don't know what I'm doing anymore. It's true. It's, it's something I think any and every business owner that goes to work with their family is going to have to, at some point, experience. And how they deal with it is completely up to them. Mm-hmm. But you're going to experience it at some point. Because your kids, no matter it doesn't matter that you're paying them to be there. They look at you and you're still their dad. They don't perceive you as the owner of the business. They don't look at you as their boss. They look at you as their dad. And as their dad, they're going to roll their eyes. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. And with your wife, you know, I, I can make the joke as much as I want. And I love my wife with all my heart. But working with her is sometimes very taxing, more so than with the kids. Because the kids, they get it eventually. And once they've gotten it, they've gotten it. But with my wife, other things enter into it that don't affect, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about X and Y, and all of a sudden, she's talking about Z. So sometimes it's it's a little bit more difficult, but having said that, it's still very gratifying. We don't bring it home with us. We leave it here at the shop. If we disagree at the shop, we'll still get our work done. We'll still talk professionally, but there'll be no, there'll be no, nothing more than yes or no answers. Yeah. The, the thing that I, I mentioned when I was talking to Siona, and I want your take on it, to a certain extent, you know, when we're younger, when the kids are younger, you're going to get eye rolls and that stuff. But when we grow up and we move into a more professional capacity, I guess like where I'm at now, I feel like you'll probably still get that sort of reaction in a different way, though. It's not like... Oh God, I can't believe Dad's making me do this job. I feel like, at least with us, it's more like I'm like, why are you printing all these fucking pieces of paper? We don't need all this paper. We can do it on the computer. And it's a lot of it's just generational. You do things one way, I do things a different way, a newer way than you do. But my thought on that is now, at least. I care a lot more than back then. And I know that at some point, and Stiana was the same way, Stiana and her brother, we we have to question those those motives. Not necessarily because we're like, you're doing it wrong, although a lot of times you feel that way. But it's more so just, okay, this is the way you're doing it. This is the way I want to do it. I have to find a way to bridge that gap. 
um, I, I need to know, you know, I, I need us to work together to figure out how we can go from where you're at and the way that you've done it to where I want to go and the way that I want to do it. I, that's how I feel about it. What do you think about that? Well, no, I think you're right. I mean, you know, a prime example is when we take orders and I like to have a little manila envelope mm-hmm. where I put, you know, the, the jobs for Joe customer, whether it's Oracle or Cisco or, or Joe Blow, whatever it may be. And I, I file it in there and, and I move it around and I shuffle the papers. And your perspective is very similar. You want the envelope, if you will, not the folder to be on the computer. Yeah. So we have to kill any trees to get there. I don't care about trees. It's, um, it's so that I can find it easier. Right. And you use neat a lot. I understand. I'm learning how to use it. It's not as easy for me to adjust to the change. Part of it's because it's change. And part of it's because I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, going from one thing to the next. The one thing I've learned being in business is supervisory capacity. Your brain can keep so many characters. And then it gets on overload. So much bandwidth, yeah. So much bandwidth or you got so many megabytes or gigabytes or whatever you've got, and then everything slows down. And all that stuff is still there. And to bring it forward, it takes longer sometimes. Your way is definitely faster most of the time. But for me, it's not because I'm so set in my ways of doing things that it's going to take me longer to find it your way because I don't know where to look versus my way, which I know where I kind of should be. I know where to find that. So I know it's going to be in a folder on the floor next to the dictionary. That's where I'm going to find the folder for Joe Company. So it's not on the floor next to the dictionary, and it's, oh, I shit, maybe I left it at home on the floor next to that dictionary. Right. And then I, you have to look for it there, and then you have to look for it everywhere else. I don't deny what you're saying. But no, I but, but I understand what you're saying, too, is it's just a lot of it's just kind of habitual from – the past, what, 40 years, 50 years of working? Exactly. 80 exactly years, 150 years? 190. <laughs> That's very true. But, you know, we're all, we're all creatures of habit. We become accustomed to certain things. At which time, once you become accustomed to it, it's frequently difficult to break that, that custom or that habit. I have adapted to quite a few of your things. <laughs> and there are some that just gonna take longer for me to, to make that transition. I'm trying to do it. It's not, it's not always that easy. Right. On the other side, what's your favorite part about working with your family? My favorite part is getting to see my family all the time. I work with you, my oldest son. I get to see him five days a week, which most parents don't get to do. I see my wife. Well, for COVID has changed a lot of things. Yeah. But before COVID, I mean, I was with Carol 24-7. So COVID in some ways has lessened the burden of the 24-7 thing. Mm-hmm. But we still get along real well. We agree with each other more times than not. And when we decide we've had enough, we take a break from each other, one way or another. I do find it gratifying working with my family. I do find I've watched Jeremy grow. I've watched you grow over the years into the capacity that you're at. When Josh comes over, my our youngest son, you know, for him it used to be him coming to work was a big deal. It would almost bother him to come work here. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's more like it's more of a favor. Yeah. You know, he's he's coming to hang out with his big brother or to see mom and dad and he'll help while he's here. Christina helps whichever way she can. So it's it, it makes me feel good and makes me feel proud of my kids. If you could give yourself some advice, go back to 
2001 before we opened or, you know, right before we opened. And you give yourself some advice on how nothing, not really anything is going to change from then till now. You're still going to, we're still going to be sitting here. And, uh, but if you could just help, help yourself out, I guess, make, make your life easier from then to now, what kind of advice would you give to yourself about working with your family? Well, one of the things I did when I first opened this for the first couple of years is Carol was here. I say alone. I, mean, I would come in nights and weekends kind of thing, but he was pretty much running the business the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and our volume was pretty much where we thought it would be. But by hindsight being 2020, I think if I would have gotten involved right from the get-go, our business might have increased sooner because I'm the marketer. I'm the one that goes out to try to build the business. We had Josh going out to the fields, handing out catalogs, mm-hmm. and you know, we did whatever we could do. Josh was, what, 10 at the time? Yeah. So we weren't exactly marketing to the maximum capacity. Mm-hmm. So if I could do something over, that's probably what I would do. I would, I would have gotten involved sooner than I did trying to make our business increase faster. Because now we're going on, what, we opened in 2002. We're at 18 years mm-hmm. we've been here. Um, and, of course, COVID has taken its tax on everyone. Sure. Um, but it's, it's not it's going to take a while to get back where we were. Yeah. Okay. I have one more question for you. <laughs> um, you do over or under for the toilet paper? When, when it's on the roll. It's got to go over. Over. And I um, know that because when I worked in the jewelry store, I had a supervisor who wrote me up as a store manager because I had the toilet paper in the wrong direction. <laughs> and I actually found out how it all began. That started because women have their fingernails done, and if they reached underneath, they would ruin their nails. So if you do it over, it's not a problem. This guy, because he couldn't find anything else wrong with my store, put on my review <laughs> that the toilet paper was in wrong in the bathroom. And he will remain nameless, actually. So that's just the way that you do it ever since then? Or even at ever home? Since, you don't even, care? Even or, at home. So is it I'm, because you don't care and that just became part of your... Repertoire. I could, I could not it. care less what direction yeah, okay. the toilet paper goes in. But that's what I was. When you, once you get written up for something, you kind of yeah. sticks in your mind and you, and you just don't, don't do it again. It. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, to thank you for being on the podcast, you can now uh, take this. You now have some time, a minute or three if you want, to say whatever you'd like to whoever's going to listen to it, which is could just be me and you and Katie and mom, maybe, or it could be. 80,000 people? I don't know. You can say you can say whatever you'd like to them, or if you want to promote the shop, you can. But up to you. Whatever you'd like. Short time. All right. I'd like to say, first of all, if you're considering opening a family business, make sure you and your family are aware of what it's going to entail. I recommend it to anyone and everyone as a good way to go. But you have to be prepared for a lot of stuff. Everything from the the kids rolling their eyes at you, to, to not being able to separate work from, from pleasure. Because mm-hmm. you know, one thing you don't want is you don't want to disagree at work and bring it home with you. You know, you need to separate the two. They're you know, separate entities, and as long as you can separate the two, you'll do fine. If you believe in your product, you offer a quality product, you offer service, 
and you're happy with your life, you'll do well in your business. I recommend it to anyone and everyone. Crown Trophy in Pleasanton, we do that. We we offer customer service. We offer a quality product. We offer a good assortment and selection of products to choose from. It may not be the cheapest in the world, but we do offer quality product at a fair price. And that's really all you can ask for anywhere you go. Thank you very much for taking some time out of your day for me. Thank you for taking time out of your day yeah. to ask me all these incredible questions. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, sir. That's going to be it for today. Thank you very much for listening to the interview with my dad. I do hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe to the podcast or share it with somebody else that might get some value out of it. I'd like to thank my dad again for taking some time to let me interview him. As always, I'm looking for more good guests to have on the podcast. So if you or somebody you know is interested in being interviewed, or even if you have some constructive feedback for me, please feel free to hit me up on Anchor, DM me on Twitter at JMF Rosenblatt, on Instagram at The Real Jeremy Rosenblatt, or you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. My wife and I are expecting a baby within the next few days or a week, so I'm not entirely sure when I'll be back, but I would like to get at least one more out before the end of the year so most likely in december at some point i do appreciate everybody listening and i will be back as soon as i can thanks